Welcome in, one and all. Good to have you. It is Packers Bears Week. Bears trying to knock the Packers out of the postseason and do to the Packers this year what Detroit did to the Packers last year. In the meantime, uh, the Bears, they have uh, played some pretty good football down the stretch. Winners five of their last seven uh, and four of their last five. And, uh, boy, they have looked like a uh, vastly different team. Uh, And the defense has really stepped up. The turnovers have come almost at will. And to talk a little bit more about it, uh, Danny Parkins from uh, 670 The Score in Chicago. Danny, how you doing, pal? What's up, Bill? Good to be on with you, man. Glad to have you. So tell me a little bit more about what the turnaround has been for this Bears team because early on it looked terrible, and then all of a sudden they make a trade, they get some defensive pressure, and then things have been flowing much better. Yeah, and I mean, Justin Fields has been much better too. Montez Sweat, as you alluded to, has really helped the defense. They've been top five in a bunch of statistical categories since he's been there. Uh, in this 10-game stretch, though, seven of the 10 uh, teams have been bottom 10 offenses, and they played the Lions twice and the Chargers once. The Chargers scored 30 on them, and the Lions scored 31 on them in one of the two times. Now, in the Chargers game, there were a lot of injuries in the Bears' secondary, so there's a little bit of an asterisk there. One of the Lions' games, they dominated. The other one, they dominated for – 56 minutes, but the Lions at the end of the game and the end of the first half were able to move on them. So the defense is good, healthy, young, improving, but still unproven in terms of being truly elite against elite competition. And Justin Fields, since he came back from his thumb injury in the last seven weeks, he's eighth in the NFL in EPA per play, expected points added per play. He's been a very efficient runner and thrower. The only problem is since that exact same time, week 11, Jordan Love is number one in the NFL in that statistic. So the Bears are improving. They are 5-2 and two in their last seven. They're looking to do what Detroit did last year and knock the Packers out of the playoffs and finish the season strong. The Bears have been openly talking about Detroit as a model for this season ever since they stumbled uh, early in the season, as you alluded to. So it's a massive game. The Bears are playing better, but there still is a lot to be determined on whether or not they're truly ready to be considered a good or great team. I look at the offensive line. I was looking at a statistic at the 10 worst tackle tandem pressure rates in the NFL, and the Bears are number four behind the Titans, Seahawks, and Jets. Is Justin Fields still just doing it with his feet and avoiding a pass rush because the offensive line just isn't there yet? Well, I think Darnell Wright, their right tackle, is very, very promising. And Braxton Jones, their left tackle, uh, for where they drafted him, actually has been pretty solid. So those offensive line numbers are always kind of difficult uh, to ascertain. And, you know, Justin Fields does hold the ball for an astronomically long period of time because of that athleticism and the elusiveness. But that's something that's always going to be a part of his game. He's, he's been better with his sack rate, but he's going to hold the ball longer than most. He's going to take more sacks than most because he can avoid the rush better than basically any quarterback in NFL history. He's on the very short list with Mike Vick and Lamar Jackson and guys like that. So he's a special talent, which leads to kind of funky things for the offensive line. Overall, I actually think the offensive line has been pretty good. They need to upgrade at center in the offseason. Tevin Jenkins is very, very talented. Nate Davis at right guard has been good. Darnell Wright, like I said, at right tackle, I think has been very, very good and will be a future pro bowler. So the offensive line is not a, as much of a weak point as I think some of the numbers suggest that it is. Um, looking at this team moving forward now, there's always the question marks, and I know that's going to become topic number one in the offseason, but it's whether or not Justin Fields is the real deal and he's going to stay, or do you trade and, and trade him away and pick up Caleb Williams? I mean, wh- what do you think happens with this Bears franchise? 
So you want to know what I think happens or what I would do? Well, uh, give me both. Give me both. Because, I, I, you know, I listen to you guys, I, you know, you and Spiegs. I, I understand where you're coming from, so give me both. So I think Matt Eberflus is safe. I wouldn't do that. You have an opportunity to take a generational quarterback prospect who people say plays like Pat Mahomes. Ryan Poles came from Kansas City, where he's the director of college scouting, when they drafted Pat Mahomes. People say, well, the number one pick, it's got just as good of a chance of being successful as busting. Why would you go on from a guy who is ascending in Justin Fields, arguably just had his best game of his career against the Falcons, and risk the bust? Because if you can be elite at that position, I don't have to tell a Packers fan, that means you're winning double-digit games every year, you're relevant for a decade, you're playing in NFC Championship games and Super Bowls, and if you don't kick field goals inside the five-yard line like Mike McCarthy, you got a shot at actually winning a couple of those rings. So in my mind, Matt Eberflus would not be the best coach to cultivate and develop Caleb Williams. So on Monday, I would be firing Matt Eberflus, firing Luke Getze, and trading Justin Fields at some point before the NFL draft, drafting Caleb Williams, selecting a receiver with the pick that you get uh, from your own first-round pick, which will be in the top 15, depending on how the rest of the games go on Sunday, taking the draft capital that you got from trading Justin Fields and continuing to build around Caleb Williams because you wouldn't be dropping Caleb Williams into a two- or three-win team. You'd be dropping him onto a seven-win team with a lot of really talented players on the roster. What I think they will do, I think they will bring back Matt Eberflus I have no idea about Luke Getze, and I think they will trade Justin Fields and draft Caleb Williams. So Ryan Poles and I are partially aligned in my mind, but uh, we'll start to get a lot more answers on that uh, on Monday. Is it hands down that Caleb Williams is the guy? And just because as much as I've seen Caleb Williams, I love Penix Jr., and I love what he can do. I think he's probably more ready. But uh, everybody talks about Caleb Williams like he's just arrived, but – in some big moments, he has not flourished. I, I get it, the talent around him hasn't always been the best, but he has not flourished in some big moments. Is he definitely the guy? I mean, the odds makers say he's minus 500 right now to minus 650, depending on where you gamble, uh, to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, Penix is very impressive. He's 24. He's torn his ACL twice. He's got a top 10 pick at receiver on his team. Uh Caleb Williams, the the highlights are absolutely outrageous. I understand it's a Lincoln-Riley system, but he's played one year with one first-round pick on offense, and it was Jordan Addison, and it's not this year. Uh, you look at who did Justin Fields have when he was at Ohio State and he was back-to-back Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Four of, his, four of his five offensive linemen were drafted into the NFL. The fifth will be this year. His running back was drafted into the NFL. His tight end was drafted into the NFL. And his top three wide receivers were all top 12 picks and the first guy off the bench as a receiver was Jackson Smith and Jigba, a top 16 mm-hmm. pick. So it's just a different caliber of prospect that we're talking about here. Okay. Uh, that Which I can't disagree with because just who knows? You never know until a guy gets in the NFL what they're actually going to do. Now, moving forward, uh, first of all, going back to this game coming up this Sunday, I mean, I like you said, they would like nothing more than to knock the Packers because of this rivalry out of this. Uh, what is the sense? What is the feel? Because they know that regardless of what happens on Sunday – they're still going to start up the buses. They're going to hope the heaters are warm, and they're all going to climb in their cars and go home for the remainder of their season. So what is the anticipation? What is the the anxiety for this Sunday via Bears fan? I think it's massive. You know, obviously part of it is knocking the Packers out of the playoffs, but part of it is 
can the Bears defense make Jordan Love look bad? Or is it really going to happen where you guys get to go from Favre to Rodgers to Love and a third quarterback who continues his ownership over the Bears? I mean, Jordan Love, assuming he you know throws for, I think it's like 158 yards and passes the 4,000-yard mark, uh, no Bears quarterback ever has thrown for 4,000 yards. No Bears quarterback ever has thrown for 30 touchdowns. Jordan Love's going to do it in his first full year as a starter. So there's a huge motivation there. Uh, Bears fans chanted, we want Fields. So there's a, it's not going to be very popular to move on from Justin Fields. He's very popular in the locker room. And Jalen Johnson's been coming on the show every week uh, during football season for the last couple of years. And even though Matt Eberflus said they're not making it about the Packers and eliminating them from the playoffs and he's going to make it about us, this week, the first thing Jalen Johnson said is basically no one on this team has beaten the Packers. There's less than five guys that were on the team in 2018, the last time the Bears beat Green Bay, and the last time they won at Lambeau was in 2015, so there's no guys on the team that were there for that. So uh, they want to avenge the week one loss. They want to win in Lambeau. They want to uh, get a win in the rivalry. They want to go out with a bang. They want to finish strong. They want to carry momentum into next season. They want to eliminate the Packers from the playoffs. Uh, this is one of the few games in Week 18 uh, where both teams have a ton to play for. Yes, the Bears don't have playoff positioning this year to play for, but everything other than that they have. Talking with Danny Parkins of the Parkinson Spiegel Show on 670 The Score down in Chicago talking about the Bears. Give me your outside assessment of Jordan Love and what the Packers have done offensively with him. I mean, I'm disgusted by the entire thing, Bill, if I'm going to be totally <laughs> honest with you. Um, it, 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 I, I hate it. Uh, it's much better than you and every Packers fan deserves, and I'm sickened and disgusted by it. Uh, you deserve for him to be a bust. You deserve for him to be awful. You deserve for him to be Achilles Smith, and then for the next guy to be Tim Couch, and then for the next guy to be Jamarcus Russell, and then maybe three or four quarterbacks down the line, you deserve to get like Derek Carr or Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones, someone that's like just good enough to pay but not good enough to win because of, and then deal with that level of mediocrity for a while and then eventually hit the quarterback reset button. I don't necessarily think he's special or elite yet, but obviously given the youth of the offense, given how he's finished the season, given some of the poise that he's shown, uh, I have to begrudgingly accept that Jordan Love is better than you guys deserve. And if not great, he is certainly good and not a bust. And uh, it gives me sports depression, frankly. God, I love having you on. This is fantastic. Hey, uh, do you believe that the Bears have put their organization back on the track with uh, some of the draft choices they've had, the coaching, the general manager move they've made, even though they may or may not get rid of their head coach? Do you believe that the organization's back on track? Yeah, I mean, no question about it. Ryan Poles has made a few bad moves. Every general manager has, but the vast majority of them, have been good. He seems to be very prudent and sound. And whether or not they do exactly what I want them to do this offseason, he deserves the benefit of the doubt because he has gotten a bunch of things right that have been very tough calls as the general manager of the Bears. And they've got two doors to walk through. And both of them are good. Like, he traded the number one overall pick last year and got two firsts, two seconds, and DJ Moore. And with those picks, Darnell Wright and Tyreek Stevenson, Tyreek Stevenson has more interceptions than the six cornerbacks that were drafted in front of him. He just won NFC Defensive Player of the Week. I mentioned how good Darnell Wright's been. DJ Moore has been a Pro Bowl snub, uh, best season of his very impressive career. And they get the number one pick this year, and they have Carolina's second-round pick next year. He could trade the first-round pick this year 
for more than he got from Carolina last year without moving down as far to nine. He could probably get as much as he got from Carolina just by trading down maybe four spots in the draft. So if he wants to build around Justin Fields and own the next couple of drafts with multiple first-round picks in each year and stock up here, that's a good scenario. Or if he wants to draft a generational quarterback prospect with another first-round pick this year and top five cap space this offseason and build on a seven-win team uh, this year with a very good defensive end, a very good linebacker, a very good corner, a very young safety, an emerging offensive line, and a good tight end, that's also a very good situation. So there's door number one, there's door number two, and I don't think there's a bad option for Ryan Poles to walk through. And frankly, for the first time in a long time, I trust him to walk through the right door and make the right decision. Speaking of uh, options, uh, what happens with the Bears as a franchise? Do they stay in Chicago or do they, they move? Generally speaking, I'm no real estate expert, but if you drop nine figures on 300 acres of land and you're not known yeah. for real estate develop, development, generally speaking, you're going to move the table. So yeah. uh, I think that this is posturing. I think that it's politics. Uh, I think that it's about, you know, Illinois taxes, which have been problematic. And I think that they are going, they're just, this is, this is negotiating. This is a game of chicken, but ultimately Kevin Warren will be breaking ground on a new stadium project in Arlington Heights. Danny, always great to talk to you, man. We're coming down in February, going to the house of blues, seeing our guys from 16 candles. If you got nothing going on that night, come on over, be our guest, man. Okay. Oh yeah. Sounds great. Great venue. And uh, I mean, Justin Fields was right. You guys got to, you know, you got not much going on up there. So you got to leave and come down to our city to, to see a great music venue. I understand. I do it once a year. I do it once a year. I go down and see the band because I, I, I love those guys. So it's always a good time over at House of Blues for sure. So good stuff, buddy. I appreciate it. Okay. Anytime, Bill. There you go. Talk to you soon. There you go. Danny Parkins of the Parkins and Spiegel Show over on 670 The Score covering the Bears. A native Chicagoan, uh, Danny Parkins. You can tell he's just bitter, man. All they want is somebody to, to win. That's it. That's They're just looking for wins down there wholeheartedly. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Hey, uh, the need for speed could be in your blood. And uh, 2024 and the uh, racing season right around the corner. So if you're looking for a, a great venue to go check out some drag racing, it's Great Lakes Dragway. Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. 2024 season passes on sale right now. Call them. Call them. Roy. Cause Roy, what's up? Pick them up. 262-302-2138. 262-302-2138. Go to greatlakesdragway.com. That's greatlakesdragway.com down in Union Grove, Wisconsin. And if you've got the need for speed, that is the place to go. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Hey, welcome back. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show continuing on. Don't forget about uh, the fish fry this weekend that's going to be taking place. Stoley's Hog Alley out in Lake Country in Oconomowoc on Venice Beach Road. And then Stolzo 109 on County Road R in Watertown. Both places, awesome places. Best fish fry. And they have that uh, salted rye bread that I talk about all the time. Uh, both places, just awesome, awesome stuff. Great people that run it and own it as well. But uh, Stoley's Hog Alley in Lake Country in Oconomowoc and then Stolzo 109. County Road R in Watertown. You cannot go wrong going to either. Both places spectacular, spectacular stuff. And they got music this weekend, too. 
Uh, so you got some music over at uh, Soli's Hog Alley. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. Let's go back to the phones, talk to Bob listening to us in Madison. Bob, how are you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, Bill. I just had a, uh, a thought. I was wondering, like a hypothetical question, if the Patriots fire Bill Belichick, do you think it would make sense, if he was interested, for the Packers to hire him as D.C.? If he would take a D.C. job, hell yes, in a heartbeat. Yeah. In a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I just don't think that's that what he wants cool. to do. Yeah, yeah, no, that'd be great. I mean, kind of wishful thinking. I agree with you. Uh, that's <laughs> if he would want to do it. Well, I'm nothing if not for wishful thinking. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> right. I'd take that in a heartbeat, man. Anything else? Yeah. Nope, that's it, Bill. Thanks. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. There you go. That's our guy, Bob, that's our guy, Bob listening to us in Madison. If Bill Belichick would say, you know what, I'm done being a head coach. I just want to be a defensive coordinator. Uh, he would have probably 20 out of the 32 teams lined up to talk to him. If Bill at Belichick least. is not interested in being a head coach, at least if, if I was Bill Belichick, I'm either head coaching or I'm going down to Jupiter and I'm going to listen to Jimmy Buffett and fish right. and be done. I don't, and do nothing. I don't know why he'd do anything other than those two things. Unless he just wants to be around football, maybe those guys are wired that way. I don't know. Right. I I don't know. Uh, I get the sense that, look, if he's going to coach, he's going to be a head coach because he's chasing Shula's record. We know it's at least three years away. So I, I don't know anything else that uh, – and I don't know what the record means to him. My assumption is, is that it means a lot to him, but – uh, I, I don't know specifically what Bill Belichick is thinking. But if I'm going to be a coach in the National Football League and I'm only so many games away, 30 games away or whatever, uh, from having the all-time record, I'm, you know, there's, that's another reason to, to coach, in my opinion, I guess. But you know, what do I know? I mean, I'm not in Bill Belichick's head. Nobody is because he's gotten just a weird dude. But if he says, hey, I'll be a coordinator, I'd take it in a heartbeat. He's always been somebody that's been able to look at your strength, look at your weakness, and be able to say, hey, we're, we're going to take one of those two and exploit it, and then we're going to probably even the playing field, and we're going to try to say, okay, now let us try to beat you or let you beat us. But uh, he doesn't take everything away, but he's very, very good at strategically putting guys in place to be successful. So, And that's all you can ask. Uh, 877-867-1670. That's the other thing that I've learned about the NFL. I mean, we all know it's a cutthroat business. You don't have results. You get a little bit of a pass, but Bill Belichick's lifetime pass as the head coach of the New England Patriots—that that's not out the—that's out the window. It's—I don't think. I think Robert Kraft is going to have a very. Uh, come Monday, it's he's Bill Belichick. I can't imagine, unless everything's predetermined. I can't imagine like Black Monday is going to be the Monday that we hear something out of the Patriots. I just think Bill, for everything that he's done, deserves more respect than that. But I got to think that within the next week or two at the most, there's going to be a decision made. Don't you think so? Don't you think so? Yeah, I I feel like Belichick already has to know, and he's just – they're keeping it quiet. Whether they're going to move forward or whether they're going to part ways, I they've been together so long, and Robert Kraft has, has so much respect for him. I can't imagine that Bill Belichick is waiting for a phone call or a text on Monday after the right. season. That seems right. – no, I wouldn't buy that. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think he's probably 
going to go in on Monday, do his regular, you know, hey, guys, this is what you need to do in the offseason uh, and what we're going to be looking for. And then he's probably going to have a, a talk with Robert Kraft and they'll have a meeting or a dinner or something. Just Bill's going to get a lot more respect than any other coach that's about to find his way to the door. I, and they, hell, they may trade him. They may trade and just say, hey, well, greener pastures, man. Go chase that record somewhere else. And who knows? But that is going to be a really uh, – it's interesting because I thought it was a formality. I thought it was basically Bill Belichick, talk to you later. He's going to be gone. And now some are saying, eh, maybe they just give him the opportunity to say, hey, Bill, um, you, you the talent is not here. So are you okay if we hire a general manager and you're the head coach? You still have somewhat of a say, but eh, this is going to be whoever we hire. This is going to be their gig. And maybe that happens. Maybe Bill swallows the pride and says, look, I just want to be the head coach, and I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to stay here. Because he can still coach. We all believe he doesn't. He hasn't just lost his mind, and he's just fallen off the face of the earth and doesn't understand football anymore. So uh, if he would kind of swallow the uh, swallow the pride, yeah, I can see him sticking around. I could see him remaining as the head coach of the New England Patriots and bringing in somebody to, quote, help him put more talent on that field. And they, But they got to find a quarterback. They, he's been through Bailey Zappi. He's been through Mac Jones. Uh, and I also think that, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien's terrible. And I, you know, you look back at Mac Jones the year that he actually had a really good season, and I gave Bill Belichick all the credit in the world. And that's when they moved on from Brady and went to Mac Jones. And you think, man, Mac Jones actually has a somewhat of a promising future. They were right on the cusp of getting into the postseason. But that was under Josh McDaniel, who was the offensive coordinator at the time. And I think Josh McDaniel – that's been probably the biggest loss for Bill Belichick over the last couple of years has been losing Josh McDaniel. Maybe he goes back and gets him back this year. You know, maybe Josh McDaniel finds his way back again to uh, to New England and you get rid of Bill O'Brien. I think Bill O'Brien's terrible. He was terrible when he was down in, in Houston. Uh, he's more geared to be a college head coach than he is an NFL head coach, and I don't even think he's that good of a an offensive coordinator. So that's just my opinion, but – I think that's the first thing you do is move on from Bill O'Brien and then you start to work backwards from there and then you kind of figure out what you're going to do with Bill Belichick and the general manager position. Uh, 877-867-1670. When we come back, I had been mentioning it all day, it was an interesting conversation yesterday with Bo Melton of the Green Bay Packers and uh, coming off of that big performance he had uh, against Minnesota and he drops a little bit of insight. And you're going to want to hear this when we come back. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you. Hey, thanks to our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center out in Johnson Creek. Another fine business working with us again this year, taking us out to Las Vegas. One of our sponsors that takes us out to Las Vegas and the Super Bowl and many different locations. But JNL Tire, not only do they take us, they drive you as well. If you're looking for tires, as the uh, snow at some point, you would assume, will begin to plot. We're not going to get a lot of it, but at least on the horizon, we've got some. But uh, if you're thinking about new snow tires, or tires in general, 
That's the place to go. They're the best. They've been voted by you, the best tire dealer. They're on uh, in Johnson Creek right off of 94 on Highway 26. You can see it just uh, north of 94. You can see it right there on the, off the highway. And in Watertown on Boulder Road in the Watertown area, but also they're very, very philanthropic. They give a lot back to the community. They're just really, really good people. Lyle and his son, Chad, and everybody that works at both locations, they're just great people. But the coolest thing about it is, and I get this all the time, people that listen to the program on like over-the-road drivers had no idea that they were also a big stop for truck drivers, uh, whether it's a semi or box trucks, whatever. But if you're looking for tires, brakes, trailer work, whatever it happens to be, they they have the facility to do that as well. So don't forget about J&L Tire and Service Center. Right off of 94, the Johnson Creek exit just north. Uh, I mean, you can literally see it from the highway. And then uh, the Boulder Road uh, uh, location in Watertown, Wisconsin as well. Uh, Bo Melton, the Packers now heralded wide receiver, was uh, meeting with the media. Take a listen to what Bo Melton had to say. This is interesting. Yeah, of course, um, you know, I brought a lot of bonds back there, you know, with the guys, you know, um, being a practice squad guy, you know, just waiting for opportunity. I know a lot of guys back there do the same thing. So we was just grinding, you know, and being able to, you know, perform just felt, it felt amazing for sure. I know it was unfortunate circumstances with Samori's injury, but what was the meaning for you actually signing back to the 53 to get to get that opportunity once again? Samori got banged up a little bit, so you know he's an amazing player as well. So you know, you know they gave me an opportunity to play. You know, with Samori, he, he's an awesome player. Um, he, you know, he's really good. So I'm just thankful for the opportunity. What was the reaction, either from family, friends, everybody, after we talked to you on Sunday, just in terms of the game you had? And- Everything went. Oh, it definitely was crazy. Yeah, um, family, you know, they were very excited. Uh, I got to talk to my brother, uh, my mom, my dad, my aunts, you know, and they was very excited for me. And, um, you know, working really hard, you know, to get to this moment, you know, it takes a lot of hard work. So I was proud of it. Did you expect those opportunities to come your way? Was that something where they thought they were going to scheme up the other guys and, and you were planning on this to happen? Or was it out of the blue that you just had a big game? Um, I mean, during the week, you know, everybody, we have a lot of talented receivers. You know, everybody gets to, you know, the share of reps. And, um, this, you know, the ball has found, found me in the game, you know, just trying to get open. You know, that's my job as a receiver. That's our job as receivers in general. So, you know, the ball was finding me on certain plays. And so that's how it will happen. I know you just mentioned it a little bit over there, but you like spending most of your time back there. That's where your roots are in the practice squad. Yeah, they're going to be mad if I come out here all day. <laughs> so uh, they're not going to let me back out there. So. You know, I love everybody on the team. Um, this is a great team, a great atmosphere. You know, all of us bond with each other very well. So we just, that's just like a little joke we use, you know. Um, they're, you know, they're excited as well. You know, Benny Sapp too, they say the same thing to Benny Sapp. So it's just a little inside joke. How crazy is this, how far, not just you, but this team's come to be in the position to be in the driver's seat to make the playoffs? You know, uh, we started this, you know, I think three or four games ago. We were saying, you know, it's playoff time, winning events, and so the team bought into that. I think um, I definitely did. The whole entire team definitely did. We brought into that, you know. And every week we came out here practicing very hard, you know. And so when we went to the game day, we took that as you know, like a playoff game. And I think um, we embodied that, and so we're just gonna keep doing that. Jinko move you around a lot. I know against Tampa, you were in the backfield, and now with AJ's injury status unknown, do you think you'll be, you know, kind of be moved all over, or where do you, what do you see for Sunday? Um, I'm gonna be. Probably wherever the coach you know puts me at, but uh, hey, yeah, I expect to be you know that like wide receiver, sure. Like so if someone asked you before the season, you know, name the receivers who you think will go for 100 yards this season. First, where do you think you would have fallen on that list? 
Um, I wasn't on the team at that point. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'll just say that's a, it's a blessing, you know, to be around, you know, such a great group of guys. You know, nobody has hit 100 yards. And for me to hit 100 yards, you know, it was special for me. And they made it even more special, you know, being excited for me. So uh, it was a very exciting moment. Like I said earlier, guys like at 97, 98, and they were just joking around with me, like, you just got a hundred. I'm like, oh, snap. Like, you know, it was just a good feeling to have your guys behind you. So, what do you expect double teams this week? <laughs> oh, man. I have no clue. Uh, I'm just going to keep going into the game, you know, preparing very hard, keep practicing hard, and, um, you know, see what happens. What do you think of the way your quarterback has been playing the last couple months? Oh, man. J Love, he's a, he's, a, he's a great guy, you know. Um, he's been playing excellent, you know, and, um, it's just crazy how he could bomb every everybody, every receiver, every running back. You know, he just has that that neck for him. You know, to find open guys. You know, to make plays. You know, he's a playmaker. He's a great quarterback, and um, I'm really thankful to have him as receivers. Do you mean bond just on the field or, or on off and off? Too? On and off the what, field. What does he do off the field that helps him relate? We go to dinners at his house um, on Mondays. You know, he has whole people come over. I'm, I don't think I'm saying too much. We come over his house on Mondays and we eat. You know, we go to, uh, over film. You know, before the week starts, we uh, go over him as well. So I think, you know, just the bond of, you know, staying connected with him, you know, that's, you know, is big as a wide receiver. And that's been, how long has that been going on all season? Since it, yeah, since season started. And is that just receivers or, or all The whole offense guys. Okay. And defense if they wanted to come. So. Oh, okay. Yes. So offensive line too. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, does he ever cook or does he always <laughs> cater? <laughs> he cooks. He does cook. I'm lying. <laughs> nah, uh, well, he's a door dasher, so he wants to know if he can. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, yeah. If it's a good tip for else I don't. Yeah, Jay loves the best for sure. Though um, we all love him on the team, and he's done. You know, like I said, a lot of bonds, a lot of bonds with offense, defense, everybody. So it's great to have him. When, when you're a practice squad, when you are on practice squad, and you're running scouting. Try to like, run whatever different routes or different positions just to, to get yourself used to different routes. How did you approach that? Yeah, so for sure, uh, practice squad. You know, it was you just perfecting your craft at that point. You know, I'm going against you know Jair, you know uh, CB, CB. They, they were playing a lot at the time and still are playing a lot. Stokes, you know, just going against them. You know, perfecting my craft, you know, running, you know, other teams' routes, but, you know, just trying to make myself better so that when I get my opportunity, you know, it was like second nature. I already been doing this. And so when I was going against Ja, going against CBCV, I know I was perfecting my craft and, you know, it helped me in this this aspect. So, you know, I never took a day off. I don't like taking days off, you know. You know so that was it. How many options you estimate you got, you know, with, with the first team? You're talking about when I was on P Squad? Yeah. Um, Coach, we would throw each other in at, like, you know, the beginning of practice. So I can't say a set amount of reps, but we'll always, you know, practice. With Jordan, um, before practice, a um, little bit in the team groups, you know. Um, so we'll get some reps with them, of course. For you, how much did you want to see this thing through? You know, after camp, you don't make the 53, but you do make the decision to stay with the practice squad. What did you think about the opportunity here still to, to still find a spot in the NFL? Yeah, so uh, I just stayed in, you know, the Bible. You know, that's the biggest thing for me. I'm very religious, so um, just praying every day. You know, I wanted to stay here, stay with these guys, stay with the team. You know, I had some past ties with Christian and Romeo at the Senior Bowl, um, so it was kind of like, you know, I wanted to stay here, and the bond that I made with the team, you know, I didn't want to leave, you know, anybody, you know, so I thought I was like a, a guy that could stay with these guys, and, um, 
end up working out, you know. So you just gotta stay. I stayed down, stayed in the Bible, stayed in the book, you know. I just kept approaching every single day, you know, and wait for my time to come. You mentioned so, Sunday as well. Do you have a favorite verse that resonates with you in your journey? Um, not necessarily a favorite verse, you know. I just like reading the Bible, um, saying prayers every morning, stuff like that. Um, I have a whole script of what I do every single morning when I wake up. Um, T-Jack, our strength and conditioning coach, sends me paragraphs and paragraphs and books of the Bible. You know, I should read how to deal with certain things at certain times, you know. So I think um, that helps me a lot, and um, that, that's what I keep doing every, every morning, every day. There you go. That is Bo Melton, the wide receiver that uh, splashed onto the scene last week up in Minneapolis. Um, if you listen closely, I started to think about this listening to him talk. And I want to see if you took away the same thing. If there's something you noticed about what he said. And then I went, wow. I, you know, uh, and I, I, I got it in my head, but I, I don't want to give it away. I want, I want to see if you're thinking the same thing I am. What did you take away from that conversation? Bo Melton, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, what did you take away from that conversation? Other than the fact that, you know, obviously they're all getting together and they have been for quite some time now over at Jordan Love's house on Monday nights. But what did you take away from that conversation? And we'll see if we're on the same page when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. heard in the last segment from Bo Melton, the wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers, and as we listen to the things that he was talking about, whether it was being on the practice squad or you know being with the guys now up on the uh, the active roster, there was I'm sitting there listening to him, and I, all, all I kept thinking was what he was talking about regarding the other guys in the wide receiver room, Jordan Love, the tight ends. And then he said, you know, we all get together at Jordan's house and he, they're talking about food and DoorDash and all that kind of stuff. And, it, and it, it's like, man, these guys, they, they went through their struggles, but they're having fun. Now, I don't know what the defense feels, but the one thing he said was, yeah, we've invited the defensive guys over. They want to come over. Come on over, you know. But one of the things that I, I get was it's it's a younger group. Um, they're all kind of on the same page mentality youth-wise. But as he talked about with Christian and Romeo, all these different guys – was he's sitting there saying, like, look, we all got his back, meaning Jordan Love. When was the last time that receiver room, that offense, that we heard that many guys talk that highly about a quarterback? And I I don't mean to throw shade at Aaron Rodgers. I don't mean to do that. But I'm like, God, we just, other than Cobb and Lazard, I mean, even Devontae talked about playing with Aaron, but he couldn't wait to get out. It was like, I'm going to be good with doesn't matter who I'm with. When was the last time we heard 
that level of conversation and admiration, and we've got your back, for a quarterback in Green Bay. I, I guess, you know, you could maybe say the last time we heard this was when the Packers moved on from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, just, and they all raved about Aaron Rodgers' talent. But do you remember, Grant, like the receiving core at any time? I mean, Jordy obviously had a good relationship with Aaron. Devontae had a good relationship with Aaron, but Greg didn't. Donald, even on his way out the door, had some negative things to say about Aaron until he kind of backed off of that stance, knowing he was going to be a Packers representative. But when was the last time you heard – we hear it all the time, from Romeo Dobbs to Christian Watson to Tucker Kraft, Luke Musgrave, Bo Melton. I mean, when's the last time you heard that much conversation backing up their quarterback in Green Bay? Well, in Green Bay, I mean, it's it's probably after they got rid of Favre and then Rodgers. I mean, yeah. That's what, you know. But, but that's not all – it's not that Aaron Rodgers sucked. It's that Aaron Rodgers no longer fit this team. I think he was a little odd, too. Um, yeah, but he didn't fit the team. Now Jordan Love is in there. He fits the team and he fits kind of the MO of everyone around him. Uh, and it sounds like he's he's going all out to really be the quarterback of this team. And why wouldn't he? He's been waiting three years for the shot. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. I that is a great point. He's been waiting around. So now he's got a shot. So you're going to make the most of it and do everything you can to be on the same page with everybody to make yourself better. And I that I agree with wholeheartedly. I just. I sit there and listen to, and I hate to, you know, use the love, the love they have for this guy, but the, just the, you know, even Aaron Jones, going back to the beginning of the season, even Aaron Jones was, was like, we got his back, man. We're we're ready to go. We we're ready to, you know, ball out for for Jordan Love. It's just, I I can't I can't put my finger on it specifically, and and what statistically this equates to. But the fact that they're, th- this team has grown closer throughout the season, and there's something to be said for that. And I keep thinking to myself uh, about a conversation I had when I first got here back in 99, 2000. And I, I listened to Brian Noble talk about, you know, the days when his career was winding down and Brett Brett's career was really starting to take off and how Brian was begging Brett study more do you know do more with the guys and Brett was kind of a fun loving guy but he had his guys who he was going to run with and that was pretty much it he wasn't running with everybody you know he ran with Frankie Winters he ran with Mark Murray ran a little bit with Doug Peterson they hunted together and fished together and stuff but he had his guys that was it and he kept begging him study get in there with all the guys get in there with all the receivers get it you know all this stuff camaraderie stuff that Brian knew what it took to kind of put everybody on the same page and really build camaraderie and, and to, to become a really good football team this is all the stuff that Jordan Love has been doing all season long, we find out. You know, I, I go back to Aaron Rodgers' years, and he'd throw a barbecue at his house every now and then, have some people over, but it wasn't an all-the-time thing. Now, he did stay around. He did work late. He did work with young receivers. But there is something to be said for as you grow old and you don't have the same thing in common with the guys around you, you – you tend to grow distant. And I think instead of Rogers saying, you need to play up to my level, I need to learn tr- to trust you, I kept. I said it a lot last year. I said you have to lower – to raise everybody up, you have to lower yourself. You have to lower yourself to get with everybody else around you to then raise them up to your level, which is why not coming to training camp – or not coming to mini camps, not working with the guys, kind of doing your thing and then going home – 
you know, you've got your life, you're older, we don't have anything in common, I'm not a game player. It's, it's like, no, but if you invite them over, say, come on over, we'll get some food, and God knows you can afford it, take care of the younger guys, and hey, we're going we're gonna to study, so to speak. Yeah, it, there's something to be said for that. I, that was one of the things that I took away from that conversation when Bo Melton started talking about not only himself but everybody else around him and working with Jordan Love and the offense. And it's not just the offensive receivers. It's the tight ends and the, the linemen will come over. And, and it's it's like the gathering space. They all hang. And that's that's pretty cool. That, to me, I, I that's, you know, a right path to go down might be the best way to put it. So, um Merlin says, check in on Love in 10 years if CFC is still around. I don't know if he will be. I don't, I don't know if he will be. But what I do know is the, the path that they're taking right now is the right path. And, I, look, I said it at the beginning of the show. I, he's done more than I ever thought he would. I give him all the credit in the world. This season about Jordan Love and about what I thought he would do and wouldn't do, I've been wrong. He's been impressive. Hasn't been always accurate. Hasn't been always perfect. Hasn't been always on par. But he's had a lot of good and a lot of things that he's grown into. So, again, big game coming up. We'll see how he performs on Sunday under this pressure of you got to win and get in. And uh, hopefully the Packers are able to win, and hopefully the Packers offensively are able to move the football and not turn it over against a very opportunistic defense in the Chicago Bears upcoming. But I just there's, there's a lot of good trending in that direction. But – it will all change. Attitude will all change if they have a really poor performance against the Bears coming up on Sunday. So it's it really can be a what have you done for me lately type of thing. So uh, anyway, we got a lot more coming up. We got another hour of the program yet to go before we get out of here. No Mike Clemens today in the final hour, but we got some other stuff to uh, to talk about. So I want to make sure the phone lines are open. 877 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. 1670. You can also find Grant over on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can find me at Bill underscore Michaels. And we'll get back into all of this. We've got some emails to get to. If you want to email email us, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. So we got a lot more to get to. Stay right where you're at. Got another hour of the program yet to go. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 